I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. If you're here for a weekend update for the week ending February 28, 2020. It was crash week. It was an epic week around the markets. We had our black swan event, and I think the market scaled down more than anybody could have imagined that it would. And that goes in concert with the market can always go up or down a lot farther than anybody ever imagines that it could. And that goes for everybody, yours truly included. In light of the fact that it was an epic slash crash week, what are we going to do for this video? Well, For one, let's throw the rules out the window. The market threw the rules out the window. Let's go ahead and throw our rules out the window on a temporary basis. I started to make a whole page full of notes. I threw it away. I have about four bullet points. Let's do it raw. First thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the market from a daily chart perspective and then a weekly and then a monthly. Let's just look at what we have and make an assessment based on where we are period, full stop. What jumps off the page when we look at this chart? Well, a couple of things. A, there's a crash. We already know about that. Put that on the side. B, I was eyeballing 297.91, and I can't help but notice that, and this wasn't a real print. We'll get to that later, but you can see where the market made a high on the daily chart of 297.89. I find that a little bit strange to say the least. Let me explain a little bit further. So I come up with, and this was a day before the market already went all the way down and actually closed below 297.91. That was on Thursday. If you remember on Thursday, the market basically just got killed into the close and we closed down below that number at 297.50 something, 297.51. Okay, fair enough. It's not that big of a deal on the surface, but here's what happened next. Another gap down on Friday, another killing in the market on the downside. Now from there, a couple of interesting things happen. On Thursday, we identified a couple of important price levels or price zones, if you will, that the market would try and trade to and likely be defended at, which was our next safety net, if you will. We had a gap down here and the gap came in at 293 and a quarter. We had this pivot low down here and the low came in at 288.49 and then we had the actual low down here and the market never made a new low but it came pretty close. So the low happened to be 285.54 and the low down here I was referring to was 284.82. So all in all from a technical chart perspective we meaning analysts would say they made an attempt to test the low The low was defended, and they had a monster rally from around that low. That's what the daily chart looks like. That's not necessarily what the intraday charts say just yet, but that's what the daily chart looks like. So at first blush, we're going to say that an important low was defended. Defense came out, goal line stance, successful so far. I want to get back to that 297.91. Now, it shows on the daily chart that there was a print up to 297.89. So A, let's verify whether that did or did not happen. Here's an hourly chart. So the first hourly candle that came close made a high of 296.14, no dice. And then the next one is at 296.33, 
I know that was off the screen. I'll move it back a little bit. 296.33. So we never did get to that number that the daily chart shows there was a print at. So A, we know there's some segment of shenanigans. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. A little bit of a short hop. Switching over to a 120-minute chart, I want to point out something else that was interesting in the first candle of the day. The first candle had about 90 million shares in the SPY. That's big volume. We had another candle right here that had slightly less, about 80 million shares. And what happened is, under normal garden variety market conditions, this would be a sign or signal of a trend change right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, but not just for the reason how the candle looks. There's a lot of other components that exist on the chart that are absolutely taught in that course. The issue was it didn't work, so it was a failure. So we know a couple of things. Under normal garden variety market conditions, using the 80-20 rule, that's going to work 80 or more percent of the time. So what happened was the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew were out. They screwed everybody over. They sent the market down again. But here we go the next day with a similar situation. So here's the way you have to look at these things. It's an awareness. We're aware that when we see things that work the majority of the time and they don't work, it's okay. It's not going to work every time. When we see something similar take place again, what we can't let our mind do is assume it's not going to work because it just didn't work yesterday. What we have to do is remind ourselves that those things work the majority of the time. So maybe it didn't work the last time. Doesn't mean it's not going to work this time. Big volume, tail candle. Now here we switch over to a 240 because I want to point something out that's really crystal clear. In this 240 minute candle, when it finished, the following candle did what? You see this tail? It had a classic retrace. Right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. After the retrace, the market took off like a bat out of hell. Now we're back to the daily chart. So Thursday, even Wednesday, we started saying... We're in the zone from a time perspective where we're going to begin looking for at minimum of a short-term low. Because the market was in crash mode, we really couldn't pinpoint a price. They were cutting through everything like a hot knife through butter. So I could always identify a variety of prices that the market would trade through. So let's say I come up with a basket of three, four, or five prices, and I give you three, four, or five prices. What's the point? It's probably going to hit one, so we hit near that double bottom. So that was one of the options. It's probably going to hit one, but if I give you a basket of prices and say, oh, it's definitely going to hit one of these and then take off from there, we don't know which one, so it sounds like I'm a fool. We were in a segment of time where we were looking for a bottom. In that segment of time, we didn't know how far price would fall. We also looked at the weekly chart. And the weekly chart, we also identified an important price down at that 100-week moving average. Some more pivot lows down here. These are important. These had to be defended someplace down here in order for the market to find some semblance of stability. We didn't know whether it was going to be from down here, whether it was going to be at the 100, this pivot low, which it was, these down here. Who knows? They're not that close by when you're looking at an intraday chart. These from the first black line to the black line beneath is like 30 S&P handles. The market was a rodeo. 
What else do we have on the weekly chart that is important? Is this a breakout area? Yes, it is. The market broke out way above that area, and it has come back not only to test, but it sliced through that area like a hot knife through butter. That is by far one of the most and widest used technical terms over the last week. So how are we going to read that? Pretty simple. Right now, I'm going to read it as as long as the market is below that general area, that's not good. And we'll just use the 50 period moving average as a guideline. It comes in around the same price as the breakout area. It's ironic, isn't it? No, there's no accidents or coincidences in the market. We know all that. So for now, we're going to call it right around 302. And as the market is below 302, I'm looking at it as in trouble. Back to the daily chart. Focus on the volume down at the bottom. 385 million shares. It was increasing all week long as we scale down. Is that capitulation volume? And here's the answer. We don't know. It could be. It has been in the past. But there's also been heavier volume days. We had a tremendous rally off the lows. Tremendous volume. It qualifies as a bottom. It qualifies as capitulation volume. Does that mean we won't have a gap down Sunday night? No, it doesn't. What it means is we have to watch for follow through. We have to have an awareness there can be a failure and there also can be a retracement. All of the above are possible immediately right out of the gate on Monday. It's an awareness. We'll know what we have on our hands Monday morning. And based on that, we'll know how to handle it. Who's we? Inside the numbers members. Speaking of which, let's throw another short hop out there. Let's go over what was said inside the numbers early Friday. First, it was a half a day for me. Let's get you to the bottom of the pre-market morning notes. No earth-shattering revelations early on Friday. The market was already scaling down, had an enormous range overnight. And at that point, you just have to let it happen. But what we weren't going to just let happen was stocks on the move. We had stocks on the move. We had opportunity on our hands as we do every single day. We had four that actually hit their price targets. One of the ones that say jump target in the entry hit column, second from the right, actually did hit its target. It opened a couple of pennies above. It just registered incorrectly from the data feed that I have. And I'm not suggesting at that point in time, early Friday morning with the market scaling down, any of these trades or any trade whatsoever is easy. What I'm doing is going over the numbers, going over what's possible. Each individual trader makes his or her own decision every single day based on what their comfort level is. Just because we had trades Friday in a crazy market doesn't mean you have to take the trades, but it's the same process we use every single day, whether the market's in normalization mode or not. Let's go back up to some of the notes because I think there is some important stuff and it's of value. So we'll scroll up and I'll let you read them and I'll do what I normally do. If you don't like it, you can stop or fast forward the video, do whatever you like. So already at 937, the market was getting bought up and we had stocks that went right to their number, turned around and started marching in the other direction immediately. Beyond Meet, AMD, Microsoft, Baidu and AT&T. Apple wasn't on the list, but how do you like them apples? And as we continue on, 
We want to make note of something that I was watching for a few days. It was NCLH, Norwegian Cruise Line. We had a sniff of relative strength, and this wasn't the first time. So I'm watching it. Just one of those added bonuses during the crash. Let's continue forward. Now, at 11.10, you'll notice that things start to turn, not in the market, but in terms of the commentary. What are we watching for? It's an awareness. Markets are waiting for a piece of good news. That's the only thing that's going to turn the market. What's it going to be? Fed intervention? Some good news on the virus, the coronavirus? Now, we've read this book before, been doing this a long time. It's Friday. They want to save the market on a Friday after a crash week. That's common, normal, garden variety, Fed and government behavior. We know that we're due for a snapback. We're due in time. Price is way overstretched. The rubber band broke. We actually had a new rubber band that was already stretched. But we're on the lookout for a reversal. Isn't that what started to morph in the market on the intraday charts? Pretty much. Let's keep going a little bit. You can see the market's trying to turn. We know what we're watching out for. We have some numbers in mind, as we always do. Fast forward to 11.45. Could that be the low we're looking for? Of course. That's why I brought it up earlier. Keep moving along. And that's the end of the day for this trader, which is why I wanted to leave inside the numbers members with the thoughts that were most important for the rest of the day. Let's take a look at some of the stocks that were in Stocks on the Move. Check this out. Beyond Meat closes at over 106 Thursday. Early in the morning, long before the opening bell, on the board is 86.70. How do you find a number down that much where the stock's going to stop short? We do it all the time. We don't win every trade, but we do it all the time, and we certainly win way more than we lose, as evidenced, as shown here each and every night. We show the good, the bad, and the ugly all the time. Fortunately... There's not a lot of ugly out there. In order to get the full scope of Beyond Meat, let's go down to a five-minute chart and watch what happened. So the stock gaps down, comes right into the number, makes a low of 86.10, 60 cents below the number on a stock that's down 20 bucks at the open. And guess what? A few minutes later, by 9.40 a.m., the stock's at a high of 91.77. How you doing? Next victim, Baidu. This is the one that actually opened a couple of pennies above the spot. The opening print was 15, 115.22. The number on the board in the morning, 115.20. The low of day or the low in this candle was 114.81. Took off like a rocket ride. Full appreciation comes from a five-minute chart. 115.20 minutes later, 120.37 on high by 9.40 a.m. Remarkable. Next victim, AT&T, 3370, closed the day before, 3570, down a couple of bucks. Okay, here we go, 11.45 a.m., high print, 3572, up a couple of bucks. Close the gap from the day before. How you doing? We don't know these things are going to happen. Traders take some profit along the way and hope... And we don't trade on hopium, but we hope that our remaining position goes on a quick rocket ride. This one was on the board, but Microsoft opened the day at 152.42, actually in between the two numbers. We had two potential entries on Microsoft, and then it took off like a rocket ride. Just to point out 
the numbers are working. The numbers worked the day before. They worked the day before that in the midst of the crash. Go figure that out. How about AMD? 4126, the low in the morning, the low in the first candle of the day, 4106. And what happened? By 11.45 a.m., 46.15, how you doing? You don't know that that's going to happen, but it's nice when it does, and you still have some of it. Now, before we wrap up the major market, the S&P 500, I want to talk about something a little bit different than the norm, a little bit different than we normally talk about, and I want to try and put what's happening in perspective as far as I can tell. And for this, we basically need a blank canvas. This is one of the only times that I'm going to discuss Elliott Wave theory only because it helps to illustrate what might be happening. The market moves in waves. It moves in cycles. However you want to term it, it doesn't really matter. Here's a couple of ways that the market will move in its waves. It moves a lot of times in waves of five or a lot of times in waves of three. And a lot of you will notice that the three waves on the right, it's a wave up a pullback, and then another wave up. That's also the same as our ABC pattern. No different. Depends on how you look at things. Depends on what you want to call it. Now, the one on the left is really a five-wave pattern. And you can see wave one down, two up, three down, four up, and a finishing wave five. And then after finishing wave five, you usually get a monster rally. Okay, what does all that mean? How does it relate to where we are now? Well, Here's one way to look at how this theory works. For this, we bring back the chart, and this is an SPY chart. It only goes back to about 1995 or 1994, something like that. But it'll illustrate the point I want to make. So from a longer-term perspective, at some point in time, whether it's from the top we just made or another top in the future, we don't know yet. The market, from a long-term perspective, something that will take many, many years to go on will have a three-wave correction back down. In the middle of that three-wave correction, there are many, many rallies and many, many bear markets in the middle. Back to our blank canvas. Let's say that Friday was a low. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. We don't know yet. But if it wasn't, a low is probably coming in someplace pretty close to where the bottom was. Wherever it is, let's use the bottom of this line as point one. If that was in fact wave one of a five wave down corrective move, and I know what you're thinking, he just said five waves down, but then he said three waves down before. A five wave down in the middle of that big three wave is what I'm saying. Forget the three waves. That's a long-term, multi-year, even potentially multi-decade pattern. There are tremendous rallies in the middle of that. We're about to see one. Either started on Friday or it's starting at some point this week. So that rally is going to take us up somewhere. We're going to retrace a portion of that down move. Will it be a third, half, two-thirds, somewhere in between? We don't know yet. But what happens after that? If I'm right, the next wave down goes down to the lows probably fights the lows for a while, defense comes out on the field, and then eventually the defense gets put on their ass, they break the lows, and they complete what in this case would have been a third wave after the wave two up, which would be a corrective rally 
in this pattern. Following that, you have a fourth wave, and then we'll talk about the rest at some point in the future. So right now, that's more of a hypothesis than anything else. We don't know that's exactly going to take place. Is that the schematic that we have to follow? We don't know yet. It's a theory. It's a hypothesis. We're watching. Do we learn anything from looking over at the transportation department? We have a tail candle, but we have a market that closed the week below its weekly chart 200-period moving average. So, A, if there's a rally to be had, if we do get follow-through into early this week, where would they want to rally this back to? They want to rally this back to that weekly chart 200-period moving average. These pivot lows, that's essential for the bulls to make a stand. That weekly chart 200 period moving average is at about 98.50. And when you look back at the daily chart, you can see 98.50s around this zone right in here. You have some pivot lows here that'll be important. So once the rally, if the rally, if the market, if the transports get back to this zone, there will be overhead resistance in this zone, somewhere in this spot. What's next after that spot? The big fat round number of what? 10,000 right up here will be another set or another segment of overhead resistance. 10,000, big fat round number. Monthly chart of the transports. Now, notwithstanding the fact that we can have a rally, let's understand what we have. We have a huge breakdown candle. Monthly chart. Where's the high of that breakdown candle? Right here. Did they ever close in the transports a month above the high of that breakdown candle? No, sir. No, ma'am. If this is going to play out from a symmetrical standpoint, again, we could rally for a while first. This is a monthly chart. These things take time to develop and play out. That's got 7,7500 written all over it. We don't know when. We don't know how. We're just saying. What about the VIX? Remember buying the VIX down at 12? I know a lot of you bought the VIX along the way. I know a lot of you held the VIX. I don't know about through Friday, but I know a lot of you held the VIX into this week. I know some of you didn't. Either way, look where the VIX was. We hit a high of 49.48 before this thing turned around. Look at that tail candle on the VIX. It's the opposite of the spider. We just talked about a monthly candle in the transports. Look at that same scenario. Take that same conversation and flip it on its head. Look at this breakdown candle has a high of 28.53 and we just closed the month of February above that candle. Now, you have to take some of this with a grain of salt. This is an extremely volatile index because it is, by definition, volatility. The index itself is a derivative of a measurement of volatility. So you have to take some of this with a grain of salt. This chart doesn't really look like a normal chart. Looks more like some kind of heat map. How about the Qs? Remember that gap at the Qs? 201.35 came all the way down to the 200, 198 and change. The 50-week moving average was down at 196 and change. Again, no way to know exactly where they were going to pull up short and turn around wherever and whenever they decided to turn around. Just pointing out some of the remarkulous, and that's a made-up word. It's a combination of redonkulous and remarkable. Remarkulous. Movement and things that happened. Here's food for thought. How about the Q's monthly chart? Just on the surface, we don't need this anymore. Just on the surface, forget about the fact that we just finished up crash week. 
Is there anything wrong with this chart? Are we just coming back to pay a visit at home base? The monthly chart, 200 period moving average, might take a couple of months to get there, might take four or five months to get there. We don't know, but is that all that's going on? Are they just resetting the clock on the monthly chart, coming back to test home base or at least give home base a chance to creep up to price because they were too far extended from home base? It all depends on what chart you're looking at and how you want to view the market. That's why it's a market, because two people can look at the same information and come up with two entirely different outcomes or likely outcomes. It's like they say in the car business, there's an ass for every seat. Did I tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And without you, that these videos would not be possible? It's a true statement. We're in a pay-it-forward situation, so I'm doing the best I can. We are going to give it a wrap here. And as such, I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.